Welcome to Medicus, a student-run podcast about any and all things in the world of medicine. Follow along as we interview outstanding individuals about important topics in healthcare. So I'm Andy. I'm a fourth year from Los Angeles. Um, uh, I'm going into OB-GYN. Uh, I made that decision about a year ago. Um, I went to undergrad at UCLA. I'm from California, born and raised, and then I came here. Cool. I took four years off after um, undergrad. In those four years, I was just trying to get into medical school. Um, I, I worked. I worked like research, and I did EMT the year before I got into medical school. Uh, I did a lot of swim refing. I was a former swimmer, so when I stopped swimming myself, I became a referee. So I did a lot of that. Um, but for the most part, in those four years between undergrad and medical school, I was just trying to get in. So I was improving my grades. I did a post-bac, uh, took the MCAT, studied hard, and eventually I got into medical school here at Loyola. Cool, cool. So take us, uh, you know, Take us through your journey or your decision to go into OB-GYN. And um, there's so much about OB-GYN that, you know, I've heard, like, through the grapevine. I actually I haven't rotated on OB-GYN yet. That'll be my last rotation, actually. Um, but what, what drew you to pursue OB-GYN specifically? That's a great question. I wasn't expecting to go into OB-GYN. I actually came to medical school to be a surgeon. So I thought general surgery was the path I was going to take. Um, I knew that OB-GYN had some surgical aspects. So I remember before starting that rotation, I really wanted to like it because otherwise we'd be in trouble for surgery. Um, one of the things I really liked about OB-GYN was the balance of clinic and deliveries and other kinds of surgeries. Um, I liked the people I was working with, my team, the attendings I was learning from. I liked the patients, and I, I just really liked labor and delivery. That, that was a pleasant surprise. I loved being in that environment with the family and the mom, you know, giving birth to her child. Maybe it was her first one, maybe it wasn't, but the, um, the, the environment of labor and delivery, for the most part, is very happy, and I loved being a part of that. And I remember last year, labor and delivery was the one rotation where I, I looked at my watch and time just passed by. It was already time to go home. Like I was done with my shifts mm-hmm. and um, I just remember that and I, I was really just captivated by that environment. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, are there any things that you dislike about the field? Uh, there are long hours, certainly. Um, women can give birth to babies at any time. So the, <laughs> so the call is, uh, it can be difficult. Um, but I, I challenge my classmates and my, you know, my third year friends to really find something where, um, extended hours, they don't mind because they love it so much. And that was how I felt about OB and OB on in general. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I actually asked this to kind of a lot or to a lot of the fourth years that come on the podcast about what the best algorithm is, um, uh, uh, deciding a specialty and you know I think actually it's a good point to bring up right now um, you know realizing that you know you're not looking at your watch or you're not like concerned about the time like I totally get like oh like some days I have like great days and they go by so fast um, and you just know like you just had a great day and if you're consistently doing that in one specialty like it was for you and OB-GYN like that's such a great telltale sign that like hey maybe I do actually like you know this area um, so. I think it's really important just to be honest with yourself, to really evaluate, do you like this? Why do you like this? And um, I think the rest is history. I, 
I was honest with myself. I love the, again, the environment of labor and delivery and the surgeries that I took part of in uh, my gyne-onc rotation and my urogyne, which were the, the rotation I did last year as OB-gyne. And at the end of the year, when it was time to kind of make a final decision, uh, those experiences kind of stayed with me, and I decided to apply OB-gyne. Awesome, awesome. So um, what are the stereotypes or assumptions about your specialty, and is there a truth to any of them? So this year in my class, I believe I am the only male applying to OB-GYN. Um, OB-GYN was very male-dominated, as was medicine just in general, but over the years it's transitioned to a mostly female-predominant mm-hmm. uh, field. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there are maybe like 10 or so females in my class along with me applying, so that's definitely a stereotype that is true as of right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, OB-GYN is a surgical specialty, so, you know, people people hear things about surgeons being rough and mean, but I, I assure you that everybody I work with here at Loyola in the department was very great, and, you know, they're great about teaching, they're patient with me, and uh, when I didn't understand something the first or second time, they're always mm-hmm. explaining, and I just mm-hmm. had a really great experience on OB-GYN. Mm-hmm. Great. You know, actually, I kind of want to dig just a little bit deeper into the whole uh, male versus female uh, perspective um, uh, as a, someone who goes into OB-GYN um, and you know have you had any uh, experiences when you're rotating at all here um, or maybe if you did any away rotations or anything where um, you did kind of feel that male pre- that like your male presence was either not um, appreciated um, by a female pre- patient and um, did that turn you off or did that kind of turn you um, to want to challenge, to get to see that patient, uh, meet them eye to eye, and kind of work through that barrier? Yeah, it's, I, I get that question a lot. Um, so last year, I was a third-year medical student on Eurogyne as an elective for two weeks, and this year, as of actually right now, I'm on a Eurogyne elective for four weeks as a sub-eye. Um, there are patients who would prefer a female provider, uh, especially for like pelvic exams, uh, which I certainly understand because, you know, we – we prioritize patient comfort first and foremost. And so if they feel more comfortable with a female provider, that's that's totally fine with me. Um, now, I feel like I can be just as sensitive and just as effective as a female provider, but uh, again, patient comfort and patient uh, preferences is, is uh, of the utmost importance. Um, again, one of the reasons why I felt like OB-GYN was right for me was because I was raised by you know really strong women who I had connections with, you know, my mom, uh, my grandma and you know my sister who's in medicine also. So um, I I wrote about this in my personal statement. My mom had breast cancer when I was very young, when I was about 15 or so, and so I, I watched um, as she was being treated. And I think I think in the back of my mind, I always kind of remember that as I was evaluating what specialties would be right for me. I always remembered uh, how well my mom was treated by her nurses and her doctors and. Uh, I wrote in my personal statement that I want to be the doctor who kind of, you know, turns the tables and uh, changes the role where I get to take care of someone like that because Mm -hmm. it was so special. Um, You know, for me, my mom is still with us, thank God. And so I'm very grateful to those providers who took very good care of her 15 Mm -hmm. years ago, you know. Mm Um, So were you ever deciding between two different fields of medicine at any point? Um, And what was the tipping off point, I guess, for um, you pursuing OB-GYN specifically? Yeah, so I think it came down to OB-GYN versus general surgery. Mm -hmm. Um, General surgery is, I I still respect the field a lot. I had a great rotation last year. Um, I think what I liked about OB-GYN was a, a little bit more flexibility in terms of 
uh, the continuity of care. You get to see patients, you know, kind of throughout, you know, their maturation, you know, from, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe giving birth to, mm-hmm. you know, as they go through menopause or, you know, as they get older. So I, I, I like that part of OB-GYN. Um, yeah, I, I know surgery is very difficult. I commend a lot of my classmates going into surgery. It's a very difficult road. And so is OB-GYN, but I felt OB-GYN was a better fit for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And actually, this kind of just your, your discussion kind of reminds me that um, OB-GYN is unique in the sense that you are specifically working with one patient population, or I shouldn't even say one patient population because within that population, there's so many, uh, there's so much variety with it, but you're primarily, you are working with uh, females um, in the field. So um, how, uh, how have you... Um, appreciated or enjoyed uh, working with that population? And do you feel any, um, do you think you'll miss like that other population that maybe you wouldn't work with as much um, as a general surgeon? Yeah, I've thought about that. Um, I think working with women, and they're great. I think we need more people to take care of women and women's health. One of the residents I got to work with on my last rotation, uh, he is also the, he's he's the male resident here Mm -hmm. at Loyola. He told me that he went into OB-GYN because, you know, his first three rotations when he was a third year were peds, surgery, and emergency. And so OB-GYN kind of provided a combination of all of that. Mm-hmm. And so despite us only working with women, it really does offer a great multitude of diversity, mm-hmm. even though we're only working with, you know, half the population, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so I, I'd like to talk a little bit about how to match into the field. And, um, you know, we're recording this actually four days or five days post uh, you turning in those those ERAS apps. Um, could you take us through the process of what you thought um, helped you become competitive matching into OB-GYN specifically? I think this would be a better question for me to answer on March 20th <laughs> of next year. Sure. Uh, but I can tell you kind of the experiences that I went through. Uh, again, I didn't know I was applying into OB-GYN until really after my OB-GYN rotation. I, was, I thought I was going into general surgery the whole time. Um, I, you know, I tried my best in medical school. Uh, my test scores were okay. They could have been better. Um, I had a lot of extracurriculars. Uh, I think when it comes down to medical school, it's, it is very hard. Everybody mm-hmm. knows that. Mm-hmm. Um, my philosophy with medical school is I'm going to try my best, and it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's stuff that I can control and I cannot control. Um, I... You know, I, I had a lot of leadership positions here at Loyola. I started a peer professional program as part of my bioethics project. Um, I, I did what I could. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tried my best on exams. I tried my best, you know, with patients and in the clinic. Mm-hmm. And hopefully on March 20th, I have some good news. <laughs> and I, I think I'll be okay. Nice. Well, we'll definitely check in with you on, on that. Um, you know, and specifically, I guess, when you were meeting with advisors and those kind of things, um, do they ever stress, uh, like, do you need, like, research or do you need to do an away rotation for OB-GYN, like those kind of things? Yeah, I think those are questions that everybody kind of thinks about in terms of their own specialty. Uh, for research, it was challenging for me because I came to the decision to apply OB-GYN so late. Mm-hmm. And so I had I had a lot of research from undergrad, but it wasn't OB-GYN specific. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some research in medical school that was ortho because that was my star project. But again, uh, I didn't even think to apply into OB-GYN research programs because that wasn't, it wasn't even on you know the radar. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... If for someone that's in my shoes, I think it's really important just to kind of do what you like, mm-hmm. and then you can explain like, hey, I, I wasn't going into OB-GYN, but I really, I really just liked it after my rotation. You can kind of explain, like, 
you know, I, I probably don't have as many uh, research uh, things with OB-GYN as, you know, some of the other people, but mm -hmm. this is the reason why. Mm -hmm. um, so recently I, I'm working with uh, some of the Eurogyn people, the, the senior fellow. We came up with a poster and a video project that we put together. Cool. And so, you know, there are opportunities, and Loyola is so great with, um, you know, if you express interest, there's always someone to help you, and there's always some, something going on. So there's plenty of opportunities here. Great. But it's not technically, would you say, necessary to do um, OB research to match into OB-GYN? No, I wouldn't say so. I, I think it's, I don't think you should do it just to check something off of a list. I mm -hmm. think you should do OB-GYN research if you want to do OB-GYN research. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, and, and kind of transitioning to talk about how, you know, you're in your fourth year. Um, how did you structure, I guess, even your tail end of your third year and fourth year to set yourself up for the best success in terms of matching? Yeah, um, so as, as you guys know, we have the lottery system mm -hmm. in terms of selecting tracks for third and fourth years. Mm -hmm. And I was actually the student in my class who got the last pick mm. for third year. So I got the track that, you know, that was left. And, you know, it worked out. I made it. Mm -hmm. And um, so it was tough, though, because I had surgery and medicine after spring break last year. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm very tired right now. But mm -hmm. medicine, uh, so, sorry, having medicine last was helpful, I thought, because I went into step two dedicated immediately after. Mm -hmm. And so I was coming off of medicine knowledge and, mm -hmm. you know, I went into CS without much studying. I just kind of used the knowledge I got from the eight weeks in medicine mm -hmm. and the Aussies that we did. And so that worked out well. Um, so I did uh, medicine in June. I did step two dedicated in July mm -hmm. and everything worked out well. Mm -hmm. And then I came back to Loyola for a sub I and then my current rotation. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but no, like, away rotations that you were planning, I guess, for? So I knew my track for fourth year before I applied for gotcha. fourth year rotation. Uh, sorry, for uh, for away rotations. Mm -hmm. So because I knew that I had July, August, and September pretty much already blocked out, mm -hmm. I applied for away rotations, uh, you know, like now, like October, September, October. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we're going on fall break next week. And so after fall break, I'll be going on two aways. Gotcha. Cool. Um, and how does one stand out, I guess, on a OB-GYN rotation? I know technically you haven't rotated in the, the, the away rotations, but um, what do you think uh, or what have you heard, I guess, from, from your peers or peers above us uh, on doing well, I guess, in an OB-GYN rotation? I think it depends on if your rotation is a surgical or an ambulatory. Um, you know, for surgical rotations, um, I've always been told, like, don't be scared, mm -hmm. like, especially for someone who starts with OB-GYN with no OR experience, it's kind of very easy to just like be in the background and, you know, it's it's a new environment. So it's certainly understandable, like to be a little bashful and shy mm -hmm. in the first experience, but like have your hands out, like, um, you know, after you after you see the same procedure over and over, you'll you'll be able to pick up like, oh, you know, the, the surgeon is suturing, I should grab some scissors. Mm -hmm. And so that really stands out and that really shows that you're engaged in the procedure. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, in for, all rotations in general, it's really nice if you know your knowledge and you're able to, you know, do well when you, you, you can ask questions. And mm -hmm. that's a really good way to stand out also when, uh, you know, they ask you a tough question and you, you know the answer to it and you nail it. Mm -hmm. um, and kind of wrapping up the section of matching into OB-GYN, um, we were kind of talking before how many programs that uh, you ended up applying to. Um, so if you could tell the audience, I guess, like that whole process of the actual application. And then, um, you know, how did you go about choosing residency programs? Was it 
just kind of throwing it all out there and and just out into the wind and seeing which one takes you or was there some sort of selection process of okay I I've heard about this program for this reason this is why I want to do this so I'm going to apply here was it geographical that really drew you um, or geography that drew you to a certain area um, uh, certain mentors uh, in certain areas that had maybe more esteem or um, that kind of thing. Um, what kind of was your thinking going into choosing the residencies? I think it's really important to point out that we have really great uh, specialty advisors here at Loyola. Um, for OB-GYN, we have Dr. Wagner and Dr. Graziano, who, you know, they're, they both went out of their way to help me. Um, I was told to apply to about 40 to 50 programs. Um, and there's data out there saying that 40 to 50 programs is a good number to mm-hmm. kind of secure like 10 to 12 interviews, which should make you feel comfortable enough that you'll, you'll match. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually decided to apply to a lot more mm-hmm. um, just to feel, just to make myself feel comfortable. I applied to over a hundred programs. My philosophy in applying to that many programs was, you know, in terms of, I, I won't be able to go to a hundred interviews, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, I can always turn the interviews down if I were to be fortunate enough to get them. Mm-hmm. I had to get the interviews first. Mm-hmm. Um, there is an opportunity cost, obviously, with applying to that many programs. That's very expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like the alternative, which is not matching, because I was, you know, I, I was quote unquote cheap mm-hmm. and not putting out the application fee. Mm-hmm. That was an unacceptable alternative for me, gotcha. and so that was a decision I made with me and my family. Gotcha. So I guess in that it was at that at that point you were kind of like you know almost ruling out the ones that you weren't applying to, right? Like how many programs I guess are there in OB/GYN um, that you're able to apply to? Yeah, there are 280 or so okay. programs for OB/GYN. I wound up applying to maybe like 40 percent of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just you know I came out with locations on where I want to be for the next four years. OB/GYN's a four-year residency program. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, studied the program, kind of saw what, you know, what I thought would be a good fit. And again, I won't know more until I actually visit the programs in person uh, after the interview, mm-hmm. Hof- hopefully if I get the invite. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was kind of my, uh, my mindset in terms of applying. Gotcha. Uh, I, everyone's different. Um, you know, I know my... Some of my classmates may have applied a lot less, but everyone's a little different in that sense. Mm-hmm. For someone um, who is interested in OB/GYN, um, how would you, you know, looking back, and you know, obviously you didn't realize that you were uh, going into OB/GYN, you know, day one of medical school, you thought you were going to be general surgery. Um, but you know, looking back, uh, what do you think either would have been the best route to go, um, or uh, what I guess would you have done differently these last? four-ish, three and a half years um, to set yourself up? Yeah, I don't think I would have done anything differently. I think it's really important to just keep an open mind. And one of the things I thought I did well last year was keeping an open mind. Yes, mm-hmm. I was thinking general surgery in the back of my mind, but I went into OB-GYN with an open mind thinking like, hey, you know, it'd be nice if I like this because it might be something leading into surgery. But I wound up really liking OB-GYN. Um, I was very open to the idea that, hey, I could be an OB-GYN. I could see myself doing this Mm -hmm. for the future. And so Mm -hmm. I think that's the advice I would give to people in your class and people coming up, you know, behind us. You know, you may have something in the back of your mind, but, uh, you know, be open and things can change and Mm -hmm. things are fluid in medical school. Um, I actually would just like to dive just a little bit deeper into the 
the OB-GYN residency itself. And so you've obviously rotated with a, a lot of residents. And, um, you know, the, the actual field of OB-GYN is pretty interesting. You were talking about how there is some of this primary care aspect, but uh, um, also the balance of surgery as well. Um, so can you attest to the kind of procedures, the day-to-day life, I guess, of a, an obstetrician gynecologist and um, uh, how your practice can be tailored to what you want it to be, I guess? Like, what, what is the variety out there in this field? Yeah, I think before I answer that, I should just, I should provide a disclaimer that this is just me outside viewing what I think <laughs> the residents are going through mm-hmm. uh, as they complete their training. Um, it seems like as a resident, you kind of have to do a little bit of everything because they're required um, rotations, mm-hmm. um, you know, MFM, Eurogyne, benign gyne. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we do an REI uh, rotation for our residents at like what's, USC. What's that? A reproductive oh. and endocrine infertility. Gotcha. Um, but I know that some of the residents I was working with is talking about like an elective period where they can kind of explore mm-hmm. some of their interests uh, in more depth. Uh, and certainly there, you know, the surgical specialties that OB-GYN has, and then there's ambulatory, there's clinics. Mm-hmm. And so... I think, you know, as, again, ob is a four-year residency, and so I think as you go through training, you'll start to figure out what you like, um, mm-hmm. if you want to consider a fellowship, which is more training down the line, or if you're content with doing a little bit of everything. Uh, I think it'd be perfectly fine for me to be a general generalist ob mm-hmm. And in a generalist ob um, you know, your, your typical OB, OB-gynecologist, uh, what, what is it that you're kind of doing every, you know, day-to-day um, and I guess how is that different than someone that is super subspecialized? Are the, are the more subspecialties, are they more surgical? Are they, you know, can they be non-surgical if they are super specialized? Yeah, I know a lot of the generalist OB-GYNs that are hospital, they will take call every so often. Mm-hmm. Um, but someone like uh, Dr. Potkel, who is a, you know, gynonc, mm-hmm. he doesn't, I don't see him delivering babies. Mm-hmm. He focuses on his surgeries mm-hmm. and his clinic. Mm-hmm. Um that's the same for like uh, MFM, which is a fellowship. And what uh, is that again? I'm sorry. Uh, maternal the... fetal medicine. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Uh, high risk OB. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Eurogyne, those are all fellowship trained mm-hmm. uh, specialties. Mm-hmm. And so they uh, they they go through OB-GYN training uh, as, as residents, and then they kind of branch out and go in you know, their separate ways after residency. Gotcha. And is that typical? You know, is there, there's obviously a, a need for primary care physicians, um, OB-GYN, potentially filling one of those gaps, um, especially for the female population. Um, so is there a, a push to, to funnel more um, residents, <coughs> pardon me, uh, towards uh, a, a primary care area or, or push towards primary care versus um, fellowship opportunities? Or, um, you know, do you kind of see it as an even split? Yeah, I think we definitely need more primary care physicians out there. Um, but when it comes to fellowships, I, I really think it's, it's important to be honest to yourself to figure out, hey, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? What do you really enjoy about what you do? And just go from there. Gotcha. All right. Well, you know, we, we have the advice section uh, in this interview. We usually do the uh, standard advice section. Um, and uh, I always love leading off with a question, what uh, what advice would you give to pre-med students and gap year students? Um, but uh, we're gonna actually going to have another episode with, uh, with Andy, um, and he'll kind of talk about his unique story uh, of applying to uh, medical school, taking the MCAT multiple times. Um, so stay tuned for that. Uh, it'll be a, a great episode. Um, so uh, we'll skip that for now. But um, what would what advice would you give to a first year medical student? 
uh, for a first year medical student, I would say have fun <laughs> and enjoy that free time. I know it seems really tough as a first year and there's a lot of information in MCBG anatomy and all that stuff. Um, uh, it's important to study hard and kind of build that foundation in terms of knowledge base, but uh, you, you do have a lot of free time compared to the other year, second, third, and fourth year. So enjoy you know, your friends, enjoy your family, uh, go pursue some research opportunities and um, you know, other gigs that you wouldn't have the time to pursue as a second, third, or fourth years. And so kind of uh, you know, branch out, again, be open-minded, look for stuff that you like, and really pursue things. Great. How about for uh, second-year medical students? Yeah, I remember really liking second year in terms of the material. It was a big step up from first year. Um, I would try to not fall behind. There's a lot of material, but I did like the material that I was learning, you know, pathology and pharmacology. It's very interesting stuff, and um, it does have clinical applications. You know, the, the better you do in second year, I feel like the better you do in third year because that knowledge will come back. And so, uh, again, you know, do a lot of questions, work hard. Um, don't be too discouraged by your UWorld or USMLERX scores in the very beginning. It'll it'll work out. Uh, just you know, work hard and it'll it'll pay off. And you know, kind of transitioning from second to third year, the topic always comes up of step one. So, um, do you have any uh, hints or tips or tricks for step one? And uh, you know, how how would you have done it differently? How would you have done it the same? Um, what can you give for? second years that we'll be going through that process soon. Yeah, step one was hard. Uh, I think people know that. <laughs> uh, I wish I did a little bit better on step one. I was not too content with my score, although I did okay. Um, I made it. Uh, if I could redo it, I would do more questions and I would do them earlier. Um, I think the, the mistake that people make with UWorld is they are too concerned with their scores. Oh my God, I'm getting only 20% right. These questions are extremely, extremely hard. And so I wish I would have done the questions earlier. I wish I would have bought the uh, the QBank earlier. Again, everyone's different. If you talk to another fourth year, they will tell you maybe something different. But mm-hmm. um, I'm someone who learns the best by getting a question wrong. Mm-hmm. And so I will read the answer explanations. You does a really great job of you know telling you why an answer is correct and why the other four or five are wrong. Mm-hmm. And so if you do those enough times, um, I, I feel like you'll be okay. Uh, I, I would have done more questions, I would have read the answer explanations, and I would have done them earlier. How about for um, the third year medical student, going through, and, and I should, should have said this before, but we're kind of framing this as the classic curriculum of you know two years in the books and then two years doing uh, clinical rotations. So third year would be your first year of uh, core clinical rotations. Yeah, I might be in the minority who says, I thought third year was the hardest year of medical school. Um, as a second year, there's a lot of material for sure. Um, but I felt like as a second year, you had more flexibility and control over your own schedule. You can study whenever you want. But as a third year, you have to go to clinic or go to the surgery, the, oper- the operation room. And then, you know, after long days of work, then you have to study afterwards. So you, there was uh, a lack of control in your own schedule, which I struggled with. Um, and then the material was hard. You know, the exams were harder in third year, I thought. Uh, but certainly it was more fun. I loved working with patients. I loved learning from attendings. And so there's a balance. And... I think the people who did the best in third year kind of, they were the ones that, you know, juggled everything the best. How about, um, you know, you're, I know you're kind of right into fourth year, but, um, you know, what have you seen from your peers or um, uh, those colleagues above us that, um, that kind of went through the process before? And, you know, this could be like timeline of applying, like getting your VSAS or ERAS stuff in or, or any of that, or just in general, like how would you, you know, go about approaching fourth year? Yeah, fourth year is is great, um, but it's very tough in the beginning because you have all these deadlines you have to meet. 
And I think my advice is to not be afraid to reach out for help if you have any questions about VSAS and ERAS. And there's all this stuff that, you know, it's it's hard because, you know, you guys haven't, you know, you haven't gone through it. You know, um, so ask an upperclassman, ask a dean or, you know, somebody if you don't know what's going on. And, you know, we're, we're a family. We help each other out. And so I think it's super important to uh, realize that asking for help isn't a weakness. It's, you know, everybody needs some help and we're all here to help each other out. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much, Andy. I appreciate it. And stay tuned for uh, Andy's second interview um, coming really soon uh, about uh, his his journey to medicine. Um, and uh, he actually has an article on the, the AAMC website, correct? So um, definitely we'll, uh, we'll link that in this interview as well as um, in Andy's future interview as well. So Andy, we appreciate you being here. And uh, thanks for telling us all about OB-GYN. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode. This wouldn't be possible without the support from our listeners. Please rate, review, and subscribe. We appreciate donations to help fund the production of this podcast. To support us, go to medicuspodcast.com, where you can additionally find show notes, links, and information about our guests. We are at Medicus Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you have any questions, comments, or episode suggestions, submit them on our website. This podcast is intended for general information purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine. No patient-doctor relationship is formed, and the content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment.